Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Welcome, 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 everyone. Good evening, and once again, welcome to Marvelous Monday. It is always a pleasure to be right back here sharing this Marvelous Monday with you each and every week. Let me just say that Miss Rihanna, our engineer, will be out again tonight, so I'm opening the show, and we're pretty excited because we're going to have a lot of amazing guests that's going to be on with us tonight. But we always say that we miss Miss Rihanna, and uh, hopefully that she will be back with us on next week. And our kudos and accolades go out to she and her family as they um, recuperate from a flu virus. So uh, be careful out there and uh, take good care of yourself. Miss Rihanna, take good care of yourself and the family. And we want to see you very, very soon. So let me begin by saying that it's uh, – it's a pleasure to have these special guests from all over everywhere, from Dallas, Texas, all the way into Arkansas and everywhere. We just have people all across the globe that comes in and spends Mondays and spends uh, two Thursdays with us. So we're so privileged and so honored to be able to have special guests. So we have some really, really special guests in tonight. But before we do that, let's see if those team members are there. And usually if Dr. Hagney is there, he's already front row center, and I can already hear his voice, but I don't hear it so far. So, uh, Dr. Hagney, if you're there, let me know. So maybe he'll be in a little bit later on. And so, Mr. Arthur, are you there? Pastor Cooper, are you there? Boy, I'm calling the roll tonight, and, and nobody's there. So uh, let me say to those veterans that you need to be front row center. You know how it goes, uh, Mr. Arthur, as well as uh, Dr. Hadney. So uh, let's kick off and find out then if our special guests are in studio with us. Uh, our lines are wide open, I believe. Um, Ms. Rihanna has the lines open so that we can receive our guests. So let me start out with uh, Ms. Shasta. Ms. Shasta, are you there? How about Ms. Smart? Are you there? So I'm not. Uh, how about uh, Dr. Niall Smith? Are you there, Dr. Smith? So Ms. Rihanna. Okay. Yes. Hey, Mr. Arthur. How are you? All right. Who, who, who are you looking for, Dr. Dr. Smith? I'm looking for my special. We're looking for our special guest, and so I. Uh, I thought Ms. Rihanna has our lines open, but how are you doing? 
I'm all right. Tell us about our special guest then. Well, we once they announce themselves, I ask Miss Smart, are you there? And Miss Shasta, are you there? And I think if you press one for our special guest, that would put you in the queue. Uh, Dr. Niall Smith, are you there? That's your fraternity brother, uh, Mr. Arthur. Dr. Niall Smith from out of Arkansas. Out of Arkansas. Oh, yeah. Is that, is, is that the guy we talked to last time? When? We've spoken with him before. Well, was so, he on your show last week? I, uh, I mean, no, was he, he was on your show last week? He was not in the we show last some? week, but he's, he's been we on the show. He's a former, former president of the NAACP for the state of Arkansas. He's okay, been on yeah, with, okay. He's been okay. on with us before. Yes, he has. Right, right, right. But, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was supposed to have been tuning in. So I'm, I'm going to say once again, and, and Ms. Rihanna may not have all the lines wide open, but uh, if she can hear us, Ms. Rihanna, if you can open the lines so that our special guests, uh, two of them out of uh, Dallas, Texas, will be on with us tonight. And, uh, and of course, Dr. Niall Smith is scheduled to be on with us, and that's uh, he's out of Arkansas, and let me see what his uh, area code is so that she'll know exactly which lines to open up for him. Yeah, he's an 870. He also has a 214 number, so I'm not sure which one he's going to be calling in on, but uh, he's an 870. Uh, I believe mm-hmm. it's his cell number. So, But um, but anyway, yeah, how, how are things yeah, yeah, I called him. I believe people on the show last time, so we got we, we got a couple yeah. of conversations since the show last time. Mm-hmm. That, that's good, mm-hmm. but he's working on a few things. Uh, out there. Uh, mm-hmm. He's calling me right now, and I'm going to plug it in. So hold just one second. Okay. Okay, Mr. Arthur, we have. Uh, your fraternity brother, Dr. Niall Smith, on tonight. Say hello to Mr. Arthur, uh, Dr. Smith. Hello, Ms. Arthur. How are you? How you doing, sir? How you doing, sir? Uh, I'm talking to you in a few weeks. How's it going? Doing well. Doing well. <laughs> well, good. Well, we we had a lot of very, very interesting things. I don't know if Pastor Cooper is going to come in and join us. But uh, I was on a Zoom. Oh, Miss. Uh, oh, oh, Doctor. Uh, Miss Smith. Uh, Smart is on. Miss Smith. Smart. Can you hear us? Let us know if you can hear us. You can press one if you if if you're speaking and we're not able to hear you. Press one and see if that will put you in the queue. But she just sent me a text message and said I'm on. Are you there, oh. ma'am? Yes. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, we can. Good evening, ma'am. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> good evening, everybody. Great, great. Good evening. Yes. Uh, Hello. How are you? Yeah, that's one of our special guests, and, and, and we're going to have Miss Shasta on with us this uh, evening as well, and she may come in later on. But, but uh, Ms. Smart, if you could just introduce yourself to the, uh, to the team members. Uh, some of our members are out. That's on this show on a regular basis. But Dr. Niall Smith is out of Arkansas. And, of course, Mr. Arthur is out of Dallas, Texas, in your area. So if you could just introduce yourself to the team members and all of our listeners out there, 
and uh, tell us what you do and a little bit about yourself. She is an author, and she can tell us a little bit about her book and, and how to find that book. And just give us a little update, and then we're going to get into some conversations of things that's going on in the state of Texas, some things that I believe that people need to know about, and that's the one thing that we believe in doing here on this show, Marvelous Monday, is keeping people abreast of what is going on in and around them, and in particularly uh, here in Texas, since we are uh, here in Texas. But go ahead, introduce yourself, please. Absolutely. Once again, good evening, everybody, and thank you, Doc, for having me on the show. Um, I did enjoy our last session together, so <laughs> it's always a blessing to be <laughs> a part of everything that you're doing. But my name is Ima von Smart. I am originally from Nigeria, although I was born in Indiana, but I, I was raised in Nigeria. Um, I am um, professionally, I'm a nurse, but um, I also am a suicide prevention advocate, and um, I did, um, I'm the founder and creator of Day Project. Um, which uh, is my suicide prevention project that started out as a book in 2020. And the book was launched the week, right, the week before the shutdown. So it was really, really timely at the time. So uh, we did the book and we went all out during the pandemic to, you know, try to reach people with a music video. We did a song and a music video. And last year we premiered and um, our feature film, um, named after the project as well, Stay, which is now on Amazon. Um, the movie Stay is now on Amazon. The book is on Amazon as well. Um, the music video is on YouTube. They're all titled the same. So I am also a filmmaker, and uh, my husband is a pastor, and together we pastor at church here in Carrollton, Texas. And uh, um, I have two children, um, 11 and uh, 8. My son just turned 8 on Saturday. So, yeah, that's pretty much a summary <laughs> of who I am and what I do. And, and something great, again, I'm, 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 I think I talked to, I talked to Doc about it. I'm starting up a, uh, a talk show um, hosted, uh, yes. produced by World Trumpet TV, Fake Days. And um, we're going to start up our premiere. The first episode is going to be, um, April 29th, so we're so excited to get started. And, um, yeah, that's about it. Summary? Well, <laughs> Summary. let me just tell you, yes, and let me just tell you this, ma'am, that is a great day to get started. That's my husband's birthday, so what an amazing yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> that's an amazing that's day amazing. to start. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> Dr. McKellar, yes, before you start, yes, uh, there's a, a Dr. Odell Carr. Okay. Uh, he wants to chime in tonight. Wonderful. And he, he just authored a book, and uh, it's uh, The Resurrection of the Black Mind. Oh, wow. Yes. And, did, you, did, uh, you get, did you get him the number? Well, I need to call him here and tell him to go ahead and call in. Yes, sir. Well, Can you, I do that? You, yes. And then I can call once he called in. I'll call well, back. Okay, so you can hang up then if you hang up for me. Okay, and, all right. Uh, and then we'll look for you all to call back. Okay, then. that's right. outstanding. So outstanding. Right. And then I was going to have uh, Doctor uh, Niall Smith when once he gets back in, uh, Miss Smith Smart. We're going to uh, actually have him to just tell us a little bit about himself, and then of course his guest that he's bringing okay. in. We'll have. Okay, so Doctor oh. Smith, if you go ahead and hang okay. up. Okay, I'll go do ahead that. And start, hey, 
You don't know how to go to the, you know, to your, to, to your, a whole, hole and then call him and then tell him what to do and then come back in without having you, without you having called well, back. No, well, let, uh, but, well let, yeah. let him, if you don't mind, let him go ahead because I have him yeah. connected on my line. Uh, okay. Mr. Okay. Yeah, that would be better. So, yes. Yeah, so right okay, let me do it right now. Okay, so we'll take but a minute. Okay, then. All Thank right. you. Um, so, so, Mr. Arthur, no, let me go back to to Ms. Smart. You you were born in, tell me again, which country you were born in? Nigeria. I, no, you know, I she, was she grew in, up in Nigeria, Indiana. but she was born in where? In Indiana. Because my dad was it's in the military, Indiana. so he moved to Yeah, I, I was born in Bloomington, Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> right. So she was actually born in America, but she grew up in oh. Nigeria, correct? Yeah. Okay. I think I moved back when I was about two. Uh, I think two or three years old was when we moved back, and then I didn't come back until okay. 2009. <laughs> okay. I see. So it's interesting. Nate, our friend Nate, was born in Nigeria. She got a chance to, to uh, connect with Nate uh, this afternoon, uh, which was, was outstanding. But he was born in Nigeria but grew up in America, came to America when he was four, years of age, and his father was a professor at um, at uh, North Car- Carolina State, one of the one of the universities there in, in uh, South Carolina. So it, it's just interesting how even though she spent a lot of time in America, right? But she but she has the accent, but Nate does not have uh, any uh. accent at all, and that's simply because he. <laughs> he came here at the age of four, so so he is really Americanized. So it's great to have you on the show. Tell us a little bit more about your book uh, that you've written, and then tell us a lot more about the film that's going to be um, be coming to us on the 29th of April, and a little bit about that that film. And then Mr. Arthur may have some questions for you. Go ahead. Uh, amazing, amazing. So the the thing is um, the because you know suicide is such a broad topic and there's just so many dimensions to how people can you know deal with um, suicide. The concept of uh, the project stay is not from a medical point of view at all, or it's not from a scientific point of view. It's from a human point of view in terms in, in right. the sense that. What will I, because it came, the book was inspired by uh, someone really close to me had attempted suicide, overdose on sleeping pills, but, you know, thankfully, mm. um, God was able to intervene and it didn't, it, 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 she didn't get the results, <laughs> you know, that right. she, she hoped when she did the act. So it was from that place that this whole thing was birthed. So project and the book is, what will I say to someone who is right there about to commit suicide? I don't have no phone. There's no, I can't call 911. It's just me and them. What am I going to say to that person? You know, so, wow. so one of the things that we did was, um, one of the things I did was, uh, because at that point in 20, 2019, 2020, I was exposed to, a, for some reason, I was exposed to a lot of people who, were suicidal and, you know, someone would say, oh, call Miss Iman, let her counsel you, you know, because I don't know how, how God did it that way. And then 
mm-hmm. the reasons why they would give for com- wanting to commit suicide. So I put together nine of the top reasons that I heard and the truth that I believe they need to know to undo the lies, you know, such as nobody loves me, such as I've done so many bad things, the universe don't want me, you know, those kind of reasons that people give themselves. So I try to find wow. a human point of view and how can I address this? I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm a human being, and I'm seeing someone in dire need. How, what am I going to say to this person to stop them from doing the act? So that's the concept wow. of the book, of the whole project itself, even the movie as well. Um, we shot the movie in 2021, and um, okay. the movie was also inspired from the book. So we took the ideologies, the concept from the book, and that's what we created a story around the whole, the concept of the book. And uh, we premiered the movie last year, September, and it was so great. Mm-hmm. We had over 500 people show up to the premiere. It was a beautiful event. It was life-changing for me, life-changing for a lot of people because at the end of the premiere, people would come to me and tell me that was my life on screen. And it was so amazing to be able to do something that could actually, like people would come out, came out from the premiere with tears in their eyes, thanking me. A nine-year-old girl, you know, was there. So it was, it, it, I, I felt fulfilled just in that idea that the movie is, um, it's out on Amazon now because more people are going to wow. get to watch the movie. Um, it's out on exactly. Amazon now. Yes, it's gonna. It's also going to be on platforms like Tubi, Momento, um, Roku. I think all platforms. But as of as of now, that we speak, it is on Amazon right now. So okay. and um, okay. yes. So can you just give us? We don't want. We want people to be able to go and look, and we want people to actually purchase the book and we don't want to give too much but can you just give us a little tidbit on what a person may say to someone that's getting ready to to take their precious life away ah there are so <laughs> there are so many things to say um from i think okay. that for in that particular time the strategy that i have used and that i have observed that worked it's at that particular point in time, I let them do the talking because sometimes mm-hmm. these people feel like they are not heard. No one is hearing what they're yes. saying. No one is hearing what they're yes. feeling. So at that point, yes. is the strategy is to listen as opposed to speaking. I, I love it. If you, yeah, if you see someone in that place, open, just be open, open up your heart and let them say whatever it is they have to say <laughs> at that yes. point. So I, yes. think, I think when they begin to speak, that's where, the, for them, the healing comes from. And from based on what yes. they say, by the help of the Holy Spirit, you'll also be able to interject and say one or two things. But at that point in time, I think the best thing that I always do is to let them speak and pour all their heart on me, no matter how long beautiful. it takes. <laughs> that's beautiful. And, you know, you, you're 100% correct. Uh, out of all my years of, of practicing, I have found just exactly what you're saying, and that is that people just want to be heard. They don't, yeah. they don't always want you to answer whatever their problems are. They probably pretty much know what the solutions to their problems or problem is or are. They just want you to hear them out. And then yeah. many lives have been saved by just listening. 
to what mm-hmm. people have to say and how that they may feel that they've been abused, misused, and, uh, and not hurt in their, from their childhood all the way up. And then the other thing that I've always heard is that or always been taught in, in my educational background in mental health and mental illness is that if you look at what they experienced during their childhood, nine mm-hmm. times out of ten you can find the solution or the answer to their questions or their issues yeah. by just knowing a little bit about their childhood. And they will eventually yeah. tell. They will tell what they're, they're feeling and what they're experiencing. And nine times out of ten, the person that they have the, the issues against will eventually come forth. Mr. Arthur, yes. do you have some uh, you have some questions of uh, Ms. Smart? She's done some amazing work and so many beautiful things, and I commend you for such a beautiful profession, of course, and that would be nursing. And Mr. Arthur <laughs> is is in educa- is in education. Mr. Arthur, any questions from you? Yeah, well, congratulations on on your book and your movie. Thank uh, you. Uh, yes. uh, it, it's certain. It's certain. You know, we need more information. I'll ask you a couple of things about about the movie and about your uh, general approach, what you're doing with the book. Uh, does the movie and the book address the effects that social media is having on uh, suicidal events and so forth? And and, and also, well, you're going to answer that one, and then I'll, then I'll answer the other one. Yes, we did treat that, absolutely. We, that, because I know that's the key thing, especially, you know, with this, um, generation. So yes, we did handle that. Well, the, right. uh, 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 when you say you found it, well, what you gave them. So, what, 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 the strategies come out of the movie, or the folks come out of the movie with with strategies of how to, or is it a story movie? It's a story because I feel people would connect more with a story, you know. Okay. Well, there also come out some techniques and some. Some ways to handle some things. Is it a teaching movie or is it just a movie movie? I mean, I'm, it's an exciting movie. So, <laughs> so because it is, it, it is a movie. So it, we we tell the story and all the concepts, every idea from the book, we put it in the story. So if there's any any counsel, um, so in just also in the movie, I don't want to give too much away because I want people to yeah, actually yeah. go watch That's the movie. right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. But, <laughs> but yes, we did handle um, strategically um, the power of social media and how social media does impact people's um, idea of their self worth and their ideas about beauty and, and and things like that. So we did handle that in a very strategic way that anybody from nine to ninety nine can totally understand. So <laughs> sure, sure. Well, you know, one one of the things that oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Mm-hmm. That's about will the support groups uh, come out of it with some, uh, you know, some information. Support groups. Good, good I mean, you can understand. I've been that their support group is there. Is, is a storyline that will kind of help those folks. So are, are you asking, are you asking if there's like a support group in the movie? No, what I'm saying is there a storyline that supports. I mean, that they give out that kind of information. Uh, you know. Oh yeah. You know, Okay, yes. okay. You're asking the uh, question, I think you, <laughs> you, you, uh, you're okay, asking, you're asking, you're asking, you're like you're, yeah, <laughs> you're asking the right question, but yes. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I, I have a couple situations, I have a couple situations I'm working with, 
uh, some folks I know. Uh, now, one of them, her daughter, uh, tried to miss, you know, tried to miss suicide, I guess about a month or so ago. You know, she's, she, you know, she's back at home now. Now, mm-hmm. her issue with her dad committed suicide, and I angled off into all that, but, you know, he had did that. So, mm-hmm. and so I know what her, probably her direct issues is, but, but uh, you know, her mom, her, 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 her mom, I think, you know, I don't think she, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, but it looks like to me that they never came to an understanding of that when she, because she's a little girl. She, I mean, she like a little. She was about three years old when her dad did that. So, oh. I, don't, I don't think she quite. Uh, I don't think she. I don't think she explained it to her. Or, you know, but but for somebody that's in that situation, what would you tell them to do between uh, three years old and that time to, you know, like twenty eight years old. Okay, and, and and there's some unresolved issues. My dad got committed suicide, and you know how do I tell my daughter about that or my son or you know how about how how do I handle it? Okay, so and, and now, um, uh, give, I'm sorry, I missed. I, I I was trying to assist Dr. Uh, Niall Smith of getting back on. What what was the question again? I'm so sorry. That you you're I'll, saying that someone committed suicide, and how do you explain that to a three year old up until a twenty eight year old? To a parent that has a child she's raising, three years old. Mm-hmm. Then you know, mm-hmm. and, and like, oh, now in this case, in, in this case, it, then it, it didn't get resolved because you know because she contracted a suicide. So what I'm saying is that. What are some? What do you suggest that people would do in that situation? If I had a baby, if I if my baby three years old, mom committed suicide, you know, what should I be doing? Should I put in treatment? Should I uh, start telling about it when she's a certain age? Or, I mean, how would I, how would I tell my kid? How would I introduce my kid to the concept that, that my significant other committed suicide? How you, uh, how would you tell uh, parents to handle that? That's what I'm asking. Okay, definitely. I mean, to be honest, there's not really a like a particular straightforward one way to handle things like this because every situation is really dynamic and different. But one of the key things is, yeah, what 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 one of the key things would be, you know, to kind of, um, you know, the, I believe the the parent is is first is the first point of um, therapy, and then, but definitely, I would I would suggest like. Besides you doing your own part as a parent, you know, the professionals as well can take care of, um, in terms, uh, can also take care of being able to talk to that child, you know, whatever the age may be, you know, at the time that the information is um, decided to be disclosed to the child, to the person. The ther- therapy can also help as well in decimating that information in a way that they'll be able to grasp and digest it and it, it not have a negative impact on them. And another key thing that I believe, I don't know if everyone believes this, but I also believe in the power of prayer as well. As much as we do all the physical things, we do all the scientific things, we do all the psychological things, we're also spirit beings. So I believe that with God, our life can be so much better if we we include him in everything we're doing. So that's that's the way that, 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 um, that's what I would advise. Um, it's, I believe I believe it's a it's a community thing. We do our part. We let the therapy do their part. We we work together. Right, and then you have to you have to look at that. If you're talking about a three year old, you got to look at 
the mindset of that three-year-old, how advanced that three-year-old is right now. If that if that three-year-old knows and and remembers her mother and was, is asking where her mother is, and that's when the spiritual aspect can come in to say, you know, perhaps that that if it's a three-year-old and it says asking for the mother, mother, then you say to the child, mother has actually gone home to be with God and she's well taken care of, whatever you feel that that child can understand at that period of time. But that, but to me, the main thing right at that point is to show that baby so much love and how worthy uh, that, that that child is. And we have to make sure that that baby uh, gets uh, the emotional uh, rest. If, if in fact, that's what she needs. You just have to, you just have to learn and see and know as that child progresses in age where where that baby is as to what they can handle and how much they can handle uh, at that particular time about suicide uh, and and what that actually is going to mean to her. But as that baby gets a little older, she's going to be able to understand a little bit more. So it's just a lot of love uh, that, that a child is going to, require and need but you got to tell them something so that's what we were trained to say that the baby your, your mother has gone to be with God and from that perspective if that helps a little bit Ms. Arthur oh well I'm just looking at well, well, let, go ahead you know, wish I, you're looking at I wish, I, wish I could do more for them uh, you know, in that situation, but but like I say again, it is what it is right now. I mean, I wasn't around when what right. happened, what, what happened between yeah. so on how on, on how she addressed it with her and thing like that. Yeah, but whatever. But, and I don't but, know how much uh, uh, healing conversations that and and Ms. Smart, you may know uh, have a little bit more on that. But how much? He, that's why I'm saying a lot of love is most needed at that particular time because I don't know how much healing conversation that that a three-year-old may be able to comprehend and, and how much they understand death yeah. uh, at, at that point, right? Well, you know, yeah. uh, I, I, I'd like to interject oh, something oh, Dr. there. Yes, Dr. Smith, go right ahead. Dr. Smith is a, a minister by trade as well. And so if you, Dr. Smith, go ahead and introduce yourself because uh, uh, Ms. Smart, <laughs> does not really know who you are, and then you have a special guest that's coming in to be with us tonight, mm-hmm. and which we're pretty excited about that. So uh, you can just, we'll give you the floor, and uh, and you jump right in there, and then whenever you want to introduce your guest, you just go right ahead. Yeah. The floor is yours. Well, I'll, I'll just uh, try to interject something from what I heard uh, about mm-hmm. how you handle that, and I listened at the keyword love. Uh, showing a lot of love, and love sometimes can be transferred into listening. Yes, sir. And sometimes uh, a a child that age needs to be listened to. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is from the listening that we get our uh, direction in terms of learning from the listening how to give back to the child. That's it. And exactly. that, that's what I would say 
It, well, that's yeah, on Ms. time. Ms. Smart, Ms. Smart said the same thing. <laughs> so, yeah. And we're saying sometimes people just want to just, they don't want you to try to give them answers. They just want you to right. hear them, right? Very that's important. Right. There's a, there's, and, and I'm sure, I don't know what uh, Ms. Smart's book will consist of, but there are booklets out there for children who have experienced uh, uh, suicide uh, or loss death in their in their lives that can help families um, mm-hmm. to to work through um, suicide and, and you know, helping you know, them with we, memories. Go ahead. Go ahead. One one of the things that um I believe um God engraced me with this book is the fact that a nine year old can read the book, a ninety nine year old can read the book and get it. Um, um, there was a, I love to share the story of a, a 17-year-old boy who um, was about to commit suicide on his 18th birthday. And okay. um, somehow we got connected. I got a hold of him, and I told him, you know what, just wait. You know, I, we spoke for a long time over the phone, and then I sent my book to him. And as soon as he got the book, he read the book, and he reached out to me immediately um, and then he, he said, wow, this book was, you're telling my story, and this, this book was for me. And he was so grateful, wow. and he keeps reading the book. And on my birthday, last year, actually, he reached out to me, and he said, thank you for always saving my life. And oh, you know, he said, thank you for saving me and for always saving my life. So um, he's still alive today. He's doing well. He's in judo. You know, he's, he's doing different kind of things. Uh, you know, he's still alive. And my daughter's... Um, my daughter's uh, friend was about to commit suicide as, as was talking about suicide at, mm. at nine. So my daughter had to intervene, went to the principal. I gave my book as well, and it helped. And she was also at the movie premiere with her mother, and she was crying, and she was grateful for the movie that she watched, that the sto- especially the story about the 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 superstar that was a social media influencer that one got to her, you know. And lately, I also had a a, a guy. I mean, I've had so many testimonies of, from the book, but there's a, a guy sure. as well who attempted yeah. suicide several times. And then my yeah. husband got talking to him, and my husband gave him a copy of the book, and he read the book three times and more. And now he's telling me. Wow, he wants to, you know, he's beginning to tell me the things he loves to do. He actually wants to be an author. He wants to write, you know. So the book sure. is so simple. It's nothing complicated. There's no scientific thing. It's just a hu- one human being to yeah. another human being. And, yeah, right. that's one of the, the beauty about the book, that can anybody can read it. And, and what's the name of the book? Yeah, it it is called um, it is called stay stay your life is precious. But um, I think the easiest way to get it um, if you go to thestayfilm.com, the stay film t h e s t a y f i l m the stay film.com all the information including the music video the movie itself the the premiere every, all the information about the about the stay project is going to be on there the stay film.com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stay, stay, S-T-A-Y, film, F-I-L-M, yes. dot com. Yes. And yes. that's the beautiful. The, you know, yes. the stay film. Got it. The other thing that, that I, I want to bring out that, that's so important, uh, Mr. Arthur, is for family members, uh, for, for that child 
to know that they're not alone, that you right. have all of this beautiful support. You have the support mm-hmm. system for him. And I think Mr. Arthur said that this is one of his family members. But there are so many resources and, and, and healing guides out there for people who have experienced uh, suicide and to, to do no, impact not, and impart upon it. them how worthy their lives are. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. I'm sorry. No, not to say a family member. I said a friend, a family friend. A friend, oh, a family friend. Yeah. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there, are, there's all kinds of good resources, and, and we have, here we have someone on with us tonight who has a resource that we can help to disseminate out there to people that we know that uh, that feel numb, as have gotten themselves into a snafu of some kind, and and uh, that they're feeling like that they wanted to take their lives away. And sometimes people may even just need that spiritual rest, like uh, Miss Smart was talking about. They may need that emotional rest. Uh, they may need that even the social rest and just uh, making sure that they know their worth. And that's really important for all of us to know our worth and how valuable we are uh, for the for the nation, I think about uh, uh, the uh, when we're on the airplanes and they say put on your mask first and and take care of yourself first and then take care of others. So it's important for us to take care of ourselves and then we can go ahead and help to take care of others. Mm-hmm. Dr. Smith, we're gonna uh, we're gonna jump over to you and and let you uh, you can tell us a little bit about yourself if you'd like or if you want to just go ahead and bring your guest in and introduce him. And, uh, and we'll go from there, and we continue to talk about uh, some very important things that people are experiencing, and that is how to cope. I, I was just telling uh, Dr. Smith early on, uh, Ms. Smart and uh, Mr. Arthur, that we've had so many deaths in this past few days uh, mm-hmm. here in Tyler, Texas, and we had another loss on yesterday, one of our uh, attorneys, uh, Attorney Lawanda uh, Lacey, Taylor Lacey, right. one of our criminal criminal attorneys here uh, in Tyler that we lost her. And, and these are people that they are not that far up in age. And then uh, uh, Dr. V.M. Robinson, who is the pastor of uh, New Life Community Church here in Tyler. That's uh, Mr. Arthur, the church. And, and, of course, Dr. Smith, right across the street, Remember from John Tyler High School, the big church there? Oh, yeah. That, uh, yes, okay, uh, Dr. V.M. Robinson, he lost his wife. Oh, on, uh, And that service, yes, will be this Saturday. So we just mm-hmm. back-to-back services, back-to-back service. From mm-hmm. Very prominent people in our community, we have lost them. Yeah. So d- go ahead, Dr. Smith, and introduce Well, I'll, I'll, I'll just say briefly, uh, mm-hmm. my time spent, in uh, Tyler, Dr. McCullough, uh, she's a very interesting person, very aggressive, concerned about the community in which we live. And, of course, I was with her when she ran for Congresswoman. Yes, and uh, we were. were all over the place. Yes, and, <laughs> and I tell you, I, I got a chance to get acclimated to that area. Uh, through Dr. McKellar. And uh, so uh, I uh, retired from the military. I was a chaplain in the United States Army. 
and did work for the Veterans Administration for a while. And, of course, I did most of my education, you know, in Arkansas. Uh, got my uh, master's in Morehouse and, of course, left there and got my doctorate in Mississippi. But I was more mm-hmm. the uh, concern with our people, uh, yeah. what their positions are, where they stand, what are they in need of, and that sort of thing. And as a result, uh, I organized what was called, or what is called, the Arkansas Minority Advisory Council. And the latest thing, Dr. Carr is coming on. Uh, we were getting a bus together and getting ready to go to Little Rock because of how things were being said about uh, not warning uh, Afro-American children uh, mm-hmm. to know their history. And, of course, before we got there, a lot of the kids in Little Rock had already walked out of the classrooms, and hundreds mm-hmm. of them were gathered at the state capitol. So that's kind of where I am. All right. I like what was going on in Tyler. Uh, Dr. McKellar mm-hmm. now in her position, as she is, it's just a wonderful thing. Sometimes I just miss being in that environment where people are trying to do things. So that's and pretty much missing. about me. And, right. uh, yeah, and Dr. Right. Carr, who, who come known, he, he's, uh, he, he's got a Ph.D. and he's authored a book called The Resurrection of the Black Mind. I won't go any further. Uh, I don't okay. want to steal his thunder, but I enjoy <laughs> this talk, and I'm I'm ready to listen as what else is going to be said. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so is Dr. Carr on now, or he's going to come on shortly? Uh, I'm on. Uh, I'm on now. Oh, good evening, sir. Thank you so much. Uh, good evening. Welcome to Marvelous Monday. It's, it's, it's great to have you on. Uh, we have Miss Smart on with us, and we have our one of our uh, hosts is Mr. Arthur Fleming, who is the fraternity brother Hi. to uh, Dr. Smith, and uh, and so we just and and I'm Shirley McKellar, and so it's a pleasure uh, to have you on with us tonight, and we're anxious to hear more about uh, your book. We have two authors on, and we're just pretty doggone excited about that. Uh, Miss Smart, who we were talking about. Uh, something very crucial. She's in the healthcare industry. And uh, so her book and film, and I don't know if you've got in on that part or not. And uh, so join in and tell us a little bit about yourself and your book. Thank you so much for having me tonight, Dr. Smith. I appreciate your influence in bringing me to this platform. Uh, My name is Odell Carr. Uh, I am a pastor uh, 20 years here in Arkansas, uh, father and grandfather, and now uh, as of April 27, 2022, author of my first book, which is entitled uh, Resurrecting the Black Mind. Uh, that book uh, is designed to attack uh, the issue of what has happened to us uh, as an African people in America and why is it that we are so uh, religiously alive but spiritually dead. And so I came across the uh, works of uh, men like Dr. John Henry Clark, uh, Sheikh Atta Diop, uh, Ivan Van Sertema, Asa Hedge III, and a plethora 
of other uh, great uh, giants uh, in the uh, world of uh, historical information. And I worked about 10 years until I, I reached a point where my book published in April again of 2022. And I'm really excited about because it's moving across the state of Arkansas, it's moving across the country, and I think it's moving across the country at a good time. Uh, here in Arkansas, uh, Senate Bill 294 uh, is our governor's uh, way of matriculating education so that uh, there will be uh, another uh, bombarding of demands of our young people in the classrooms in our local schools, uh, the critical race theories being tossed about throughout the country. And once I uh, saw the uh, 1619 project and uh, kind of coupled it with the work that uh, I'm doing, so we're moving sort of uh, in unison. I don't know Ms. Jones. She doesn't know me, but we both are in essence doing the same thing. So uh, this book uh, again, it's designed to deal with the real issues of what is wrong in the mind of people, period, but especially black people in America. And I was so intrigued wow. to uh, listen to the talk about uh, suicide uh, here in Arkansas. Uh, we are number 12 uh, throughout the uh, state. We are we're 12 uh, in the country, and uh, our national uh, government has initiated a suicide prevention goal, and there are some things that the State Department is doing as well. Now, I'd like to say this. I'm reading and I'm studying uh, the work of Neely Fuller, Jr., uh, who is aired on radio every Tuesday at 8 o'clock a.m. to 10, and he's written a book called The United Independent Compensatory Code Concept uh, for Counter-Racist counter Code, and particularly when it comes to uh, the issue of suicide and young people. I remember wow. uh, once on one of the programs, uh, someone called in and asked him about traumatizing events and how old uh, is a person, a child, or adolescence before you start talking about uh, the kind of issues that have been raised tonight. And he remarked that whenever people start asking questions, is a good time to begin to deal with the issues that are, are presenting such a weight mm -hmm. on their shoulders. So, you know, I would right. recommend his right. book highly. I would recommend the works of uh, the late Professor uh, Amos Wilson, who was a child psychologist in the state of New York and who, to me, is the uh, MLK of what do we do when it comes to uh, the education of and the psychological frame of the black child. So I'm excited to be part of this uh, talk tonight, and I'm hopeful that uh, my book will find its way uh, into the, the ethers so that we can combine our efforts, combine our skill sets and our gifts, and make a difference in society. So thank you again for having me on tonight. Oh, that's outstanding. <laughs> wow. I love it. So let's have a conversation here because I, I want to hear more about what, what the educational component that you guys are dealing with down in Arkansas. And I'm going to share uh, quickly with uh, you what uh, Ms. Smart and Mr. Arthur and myself, who are Texans, are dealing with right now in our public school system, one of the bills that has been written uh, in Austin. We're in our legislative session right now in Austin, Texas, and we were there 
on last week, uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, they're in Austin doing the session, and we had strict and strong conversation with our representatives from the East Texas. We're in, I'm in East Texas, Mr. Arthur, and Ms. Smart is in North Texas. And so, uh, so these guys represent Northeast Texas that we were working with, Sulphur Springs back down in that direction. We talked to our, our uh, senator and we talked to our two representatives. And what they want to do is they want to take public school money and give it to private schools. And so we talked a little bit about this on our show on last week. So I want to hear uh, from from Ms. Smart and from uh, Dr. Smith and from you, Dr. Carter, on what your thoughts are as far as taking public school money, taxpayers' money, that's earmarked, obviously, for public schools, and giving it over to the wealthy uh, uh, public, uh, excuse me, private schools, uh, most of which, probably 99% of which are run by uh, various churches, the Catholic Church and Methodist Church and all of those, and then also the charter schools, which we know, and Mr. Arthur is one of our educators, but we know that some of the charter schools uh, don't have certified educators. Uh, so so let's, let's, let's have a conversation, uh, both you and Dr. Smith, as well as everybody on here, highly educated, probably most may have come from a public school. I did. I came from public schools. I went to private school very briefly. Uh, my my children went to a private school briefly, but we paid for that, and then they finished their education in public schools. So I'm going to start with uh, you, uh, Dr. Carter, and then we'll go to uh, Dr. Smith, and then we'll circle around to uh, to Ms. Smart. Is that me you're starting with? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, all right. Well, uh, I'm going to refer to uh, Joe Madison's uh, Urban View show some few, uh, mm-hmm. couple of months ago. I was on listening, and he happened to be talking okay. to, uh, I think, Eugene Robinson of the Washington Press, and they were discussing okay. this very issue and subject that we're talking about now. And in the midst of that conversation, it became apparent uh, that Senate Bill 294 and what's happening in Florida in other parts of the country is exactly designed to do what we're framing our conversation around tonight. And uh, Madison was talking to Eugene Robinson, and he said, he said, uh, well, uh, why don't the pastors just uh, get the kids together on Saturday morning and call it something like Freedom School? And when he said that, a light went off in my head, and as a result of what he said, uh, a new initiative has been set forth by Dr. Smith and myself that's called the Freedom School of Arkansas. So what we wow. uh, plan to do, aspire to do, is to go back to these uh, black school building campuses that used to be that are sitting idle in all these communities and attract funding so that we can take our people and we can go to a location when and if we have to to provide the necessary information about ourselves that we need because we understand completely and fully in Arkansas that our governor has decided that we are not going to have uh, our white children feel bad about the truth. 
And, you know, the scripture says in John 8 and 32, according to Jesus the Christ, that you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So we're doing everything that we can, and Dr. Smith alluded to the uh, the intent to get the bus and can go to Little Rock, and the students actually beat us to the punch. We turned on the news and saw them there at the same school, Central High School, Love where it. our governor attended That's and right. graduated from. Those kids, white and black, walked out of school and protested uh, because they do not accept what is being placed before them. And if my tax dollar is going to be used to give someone else an opportunity to leave my community and go somewhere else and shut themselves off from us and do what was done in the early 50s, and I grew up in the early 50s, I'm 70 years old, mm-hmm. born in East okay. Arkansas in the Jim Crow country. And I, mm-hmm. I remember how the segregation atmosphere was. And in wow. reality, it's a return to that now. So we have to put on our boots and get ready because this right. is a cultural war. And if uh, we don't fight, we certainly won't win. So I believe that what we're doing tonight in this program the initiative that I'm hearing, the discussion, the uh, suggestions that's being made, I think these are powerful influences. And if we collectively do this, I believe that we'll come out uh, victoriously in the end. So so is this the uh, the Freedom Schools that were started in the 60s, Dr. Carter? Is this part of that group? Because I know that there's... there's... Absolutely, absolutely. When I, when I, I heard this discussion... I went uh, uh, to a friend of mine, and I talked about this, and I said the domain so that we can call it the Arkansas Division of the Freedom School. And it is exactly what was started in the 60s, and it is a mm-hmm. refurbishing and a return to what we used to be and what we used yes, to do. Sir. And, and there's funding. I think there's a, the Children's Defense Fund has money set up and earmarked uh, to assist these schools. In, okay. in developing um, their school models or, uh, or their programs, and mm-hmm. I think it was the big focus was doing the summer. I'll give it to Mr. Arthur because I know he has uh, he's a, yeah. he's our educator on the on this show tonight. Oh, Go ahead, Mr. Okay. Arthur. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say that they sound like me, don't they, Sure. They sound just like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to say this as it relates to that. Uh, If you remember uh, in the early 60s and Mm -hmm. then came along uh, Martin King, and uh, we, in 69, in the South, I think uh, the schools started doing what they called integration. Yes, sir. And I think what happened was we didn't quite catch it, but there was never integration. Yes, sir. Integration never took place. There was (laughs) never a white school and white students coming (laughs) to a black school. But it was all another way. The black (laughs) students were moved over to the white school. And as a result, it became... It was just an illusion, a trick. Right. Right. And so what I, what's happening now, when we talk about it, 
they 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 wanted to turn back the hands of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they talk about private, uh, mm-hmm. they talk about all white. They're not mm-hmm. a mixture. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not talking mm-hmm. about diversity that includes mm-hmm. Afro Americans and other colors. Mm-hmm. They're talking about themselves, mm-hmm. and as a result, well, we're going. Yeah, yes, sir. And so they're trying to reach back and put it back like it was at first. Oh wow! You wow! See? Let me uh, ask. So <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's heavy. That's deep. But let, let me let's bring in uh, Miss Smart. And I, where where were you in school in 1969? Were you in? Uh, were you not in school, or were you not even born? Uh, you I know, wasn't even uh, born. <laughs> wasn't even born. Right. I was not, okay. born. <laughs> was not born. Okay, so it's, so we so we got a real youngster on the on the road, on the show tonight <laughs> because, because we all well, but, but you know what? We late. We, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Doctor. Doctor McKellar, that that fits right in. Yeah, that fits right in with the. That fits right in with the material uh, that Dr. Mm-hmm. Carr has written. Right. There has mm-hmm. to be a resurrection okay. of our minds mm-hmm. in terms of what we've gone through. Many of us, just like you asked her, she wasn't in the 60s. Uh, right. I finished school in 1962. Wow. And I was, abo- I was among the first one to do mm-hmm. integration downtown in our city. So what mm, I'm saying wow. is uh, there are some missing pieces that only yeah. we can fill in. It can put together. That's it. Well, I'm yeah. going to so, bring Miss uh, Smart in. Let me, let me bring her in. But before I bring her in, I want to share this with you. At the age of 15, uh, I, I used to go to visit my sister, my older sister, she was now married and lived in Omaha, Nebraska. And so um, she, she, her sister-in-law came to visit that summer as well. So we were about the same age. So she gave us money to take the bus and go downtown and do a little school shopping. We were 15, I was 15, and I believe her sister-in-law may have been 14, right? So we get downtown, and we see these people carrying these signs, uh, and there was a sit-in demonstration at Woolworth. I'm sure that you all have yeah. heard of that name of that. We okay, had so that there here. Was a sit-in div- there you go. So I said to to my sister's uh, sister-in-law, um, I want to let's go over there and join them. Uh, I want to carry one of those signs. Let's find out what's going on. And then that night, so uh, fast forward that night, as my sister and my brother-in-law was watching the news. They saw their two sisters uh, on the news, <laughs> age 15. <laughs> that was, it. That was it in the late 60s. So I got an early start at that. But um, right. it's important for us to be able to share with Ms. Smart what we experienced during that time. So, Ms. Sure. Smart, do you have any comments? you have any comments? or any questions that you want to ask these very seasoned gentlemen that know that yeah. to integrate, which never, as Dr. Smith said, and I'll share this quickly with you, then I'm going to give it to Ms. Smith, Ms. Smart. So, yes, you know, 
We had, wait, wait, let me just share this. Can I share this one thing? At yes, my please. high school, we had one Caucasian fella that showed up at our school in 1969. And after spending one day at that school, <laughs> one day at that school, right, he didn't come back anymore. <laughs> so I, I'll leave it at that. And, and go ahead, Ms. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, right. the truth of the matter is when it comes to all of these stories that we've heard with, you know, the racism and all the things that went on, especially the story that you told me when the first day we spoke, Doctor, I was, I came home and I told my husband, I just, like this, what Miss McCullough told me was like what, what we see in the movies. You know, growing up in Africa, most of these things for us was foreign. I mean, we saw, we got an idea from movies like, you know, The Roots, like with Kunta King. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for right. us, you know, we, we, we sometimes, and I feel things like this, I think we need to discuss this on a broader um, spectrum in terms of not just the African-Americans, but also Africans in diaspora. You know, Africans yeah. who are here, people like myself who can, who may not be able to relate 100% because I didn't grow up in that environment and I, where like I came era. from, there's no, there's no racism there. Everyone is black, you know, uh, you know, and things and things like that, you know. So sure. sometimes we we can we see these things as foreign, and sometimes we're not so um, empath. Not I don't want to use the word. I, I guess sometimes we just don't understand the pain because of sure. where we come from. So I think it's really, really great having this conversation. And also, I don't know how we're going to do it, where we can get more, not just the African-Americans, but also the Africans as well involved. Let us, let us know the true story outside of what mm-hmm. we just watched in the movies or, you know, or hear yeah. from other okay. people but how we can have okay. this close connection and hear stories. Like, Dr. McKellar, when you tell that story that you told me, I was, my mouth was just open while you were speaking to tell me. I was like, I can't believe this actually happened to someone I'm speaking to. So when we hear <laughs> something like that from someone like you, it kind of makes it so real to actually see the pain, you know, and then hearing things like this, you know, like taking the funds away from public schools to private schools. Yes. Some of us may not yeah. understand yeah. it. But yeah, I, I think I think that's um, that's one of the things I would I would love for us to kind of push for, seeing how we can get the Africans involved in in, yeah. in things like. Well, but you that's, you know the thing beautiful. is this: what were you saying, uh, Dr. Carr was saying about the free schools? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We we're talking education, but we were actually talking about uh, they are trying to keep out, and I'll say this without any apologies. I think a lot of white folk have found out that children are going to find out in black history when it's on the curriculum. Mm-hmm. They're going to find out that they've been lied to about who made contributions to this country, who built this country, yeah. who didn't. And as a result yes, of that, uh, their kids are coming over to the other side. That's why we That's see exactly them marching right. in the sheets, in the right. streets of some That's of it. the blacks and all. Well, they're trying and how to about stop this, that. Doctor? Well, how about this? There are some, there is a large quantity of just what you said, of marching in the streets when we don't, we're not even in the streets. 
marching. Exactly. So we right. have the Caucasian young youngsters out there marching in the streets. I, right. I, if I can sh- just take this opportunity to share one more little story uh, that I experienced, uh, and, and it was a beautiful thing to actually go to an all-black school because I'm going to tell you right. why. They, they treated us, well, first of all, we lived in the same community that our educators lived in, the smart. We went to the same churches that they went to, and they were like an extension of our parents simply because they made sure we learned. I graduated from Emmett Scott High School. And you can go mm-hmm. all over the world and you can run into students and people who graduated from Emmett Scott High School. So I graduated from Emmett Scott High School and I went to was one of the one of the beginning students that integrated Tyler Junior College. I was like the seventh or eighth student to enroll in Tyler Junior College, one of the number one junior colleges in the country. It's right here in Tyler, Texas, right? So I went to that school. I knew all of my time, I knew from age four that I wanted to be a nurse. And so mm-hmm. when I went to Tyler Junior College, this is, what, this is what my parents said to me. You're smart. They all told us we were smart, that we could do anything, we could achieve anything that we wanted to achieve and do. And so my mother said, just go to that school and, and, and sit there and learn and listen. And then everything that you need to learn, come back home and study it and learn it because you you can do that. You're smart. They told us. Yeah. I went to that school. I went to that school. And one of the exams, I will never forget this guy's deceased now, so I can talk about this. Both of, both of these people I'm about to tell you about are deceased. So in the meantime, um, we, were, we were in class having a final exam in uh, anatomy and physiology. You know A&P. Uh, Miss Martin. So, yes. so, so he gave. So, so I sat there at this exam, and I was really struggling. I because from like from question number forty five, forty to forty five, all the way to one hundred, I had never seen the material before. Never seen it. All the other material I had seen it, so I could readily answer those questions. So. In the meantime, all the white kids were finishing, and they were getting up and going out. It was myself and one other uh, black young lady that was in the class, right? So finally, the teacher said, his name was Dr. Stiles, he said, okay, time's up, and give me the paper. I mean, he's very rude, right? And so we, so we, I didn't know any of the answers, so I was just going down the line just marking because I know the time was running out. So then we got up, and we went out outside, and so we were underneath the trees, and we were talking back and forth with the other students. And one of these white girls, her name was Joyce, said, um, uh, I said, that was the hardest test I have ever taken. I said, I didn't know the answer to any of the questions from about 40 to 45 all the way to 100. And that young lady turned and said to me, what do you mean 100? There was only 50 questions on the test. <laughs> I, I go, what? No, there was 100 questions. She said, and the rest of the other kids said, no, there was only 50 questions. I turned uh, around, went back, and then I asked my mate that looked like me, how many was on your test? She said 100. So, uh, in other words, they gave the white kids, he gave yeah. the white kids one test, gave us another test. I turned around. That's exactly I went right. back inside. 
I asked him, I said, the kids outside said they had 50 questions on their test. I gave him the story. So he said that was his class. He could do what he wanted to do in it. So I, All right. 17 years of age, 17 years of age, went to the principal, well, I said principal, the president's office. And I walked into his office and I said to the secretary, I want to speak to the president. And she says, what do you want? And I said, I want to speak to the president. She says, sit over there. So I sat down and I sat in there for about 30, 40 minutes. I got up and went back up to her desk and I said, did you, does the president know that I want to speak to him? And so she said, sit down. So she she had not even gone inside to tell him I wanted to speak with him. She just had me sitting. So finally, I got into his office. Dr. Jenkins is his name. He's deceased too, so I can talk about it. So you know, if you go if you go to Tyler Junior College, his name is on the big administration building. So Mm. I explained to him what happened with me. He said to me, "I can't tell Dr. Stiles what to do with his class." I said, but you're the president. He gave me one test, and he gave the other kids another test. He gave me and my friend one. So long story short, I went home crying, failing the class. Never had I failed a class, ever. Mm. So I cried to my parents. I was really upset. I'm 17. I'm really, I mean, I'm, I mean, this is just the worst thing that could have ever happened. So fast forward. I left Tyler Junior College and went to another junior college and then ended up going to Texas Women's University. But but long story short, so let me fast forward. What they were telling us there is, well, why don't you become uh, an LPN? And and, and Ms. Smart, for you that may not know, of course, Mr. Arthur's worked in the medical profession, so he knows, licensed practical nurse. They were telling us, why don't you become that rather than a registered nurse, you know, just trying to guide and direct our lives away from being professional nurses. So in the meantime... I became a professional nurse, later got my master's degree at University of Texas, and came back and was the first African-American to start a home health care agency in Tyler, Texas. Well, lo and behold, I go to, I become the director of my agency, obviously, so I was going into the hospitals and picking up patients. Lo and behold, guess who became my patient? Dr. Jenkins, the president <laughs> of Tyler Junior College. So one Saturday morning, the registered nurse that I had, I had registered nurses around the clock with him, right? One Saturday morning, this one nurse could not make it. So I'm on the phone trying to uh, staff that case and so forth. Could not staff the case. So I put my whites on because I was not going to leave them unattended. And I went to be his nurse that day. I knocked on the court. Obviously, they knew who I was because I admitted them onto the service. I made the monthly visits and so forth. So I walked in and, and you know, said hello and all of that and started getting his medication together. And, and let me just share this with you guys. I became that 17-year-old girl again that day. I couldn't take mm. care of him. I, tears start, and, and it takes a lot for tears to come out of my eyes. Tears came into my eyes. And so I said, the only way that I could take care of him is I have to tell him I am that 17-year-old girl that he treated the way he treated way back in that day, way back in 1970. So in the meantime, 
We sat there, and he cried. I cried. His wife cried. His son cried. And he turned to his wife, and he said, this is what I want you to do. I have to make it up to Shirley. I want you to refer every friend that we have to her service. I want her to make so much money that she'll never be able to spend all the money. I have to make it up. Well, he just about did it. That's then, so <laughs> <laughs> then let me fast forward quickly, and then we'll give it back to you guys. And Tyler Junior College invited me to come to be the keynote speaker during our homecoming day because I eventually went back to Tyler Junior College and graduated just for my own self, right? So, so I became their keynote speaker for for uh, their big banquet that they have each year during homecoming, and I told them the story because I thought it was important for them to know. And then for the black kids who are at that school to know that they're standing on the shoulders of people who ran through struggle back in the 70s. Mm. So I'll give it back to you guys. That's my story. Well, you know what? I want, I want to say this quickly, quickly before I forget it. Uh, okay. uh, the, we, we, what we're talking about, we know what it is. We know what direction we want to go. I want to mention this. Uh, in the, the the early 1900s, there was a guy, a couple of guys, you know them both, W.E.B. Okay. Du Bois. That's it, that's and, it. Uh, and, uh, you know, Booker G. Washington. Yes, sir. Well, they happened to meet up with a guy named Carnegie in New York. They put together a conference, and it was out of that conference many organizations were born to advance the cause of black folk around the country. Yes, sir. Now, this is what I'm saying. Maybe what we need to do is talk about how are we going to get that information to our children yes, that they might learn who they are, and how they got to be where they are now. Uh, a conference where, uh, uh, I believe it's Miss Smart, uh, yes, Dr. Carr, <laughs> can bring mm-hmm. their books and mm-hmm. and have, and figure out what can we do to start something, not just on this program, but let it spin mm-hmm. off of this program. Something that we can all say that this is what we're gonna do for our kids to give them an understanding of what's going on. I want to ask Dr. Carr a question. If I could. First of all, uh, you know, when you talk about Carnegie meeting with uh, those black folks create these organizations and stuff, uh, uh, you know, going forward. The other piece of that was that they put forth a curriculum within yeah. our community and schools that kept us mm-hmm. in a certain position. So, mm-hmm. you know, so there was another piece of Carnegie doing that. So he wasn't doing it because he was a great guy. Uh, they, right. yeah. they, they wanted to implement the same program in Africa, but they said it was too late. You know, they couldn't do it, you know, because, of, you mm-hmm. know, 
the, the, the colonization and pushback the stuff that already started. So, so I want to just say that about that. So you know, we be clear yeah. about that. Corner, good guy. It was about them, and, and, and as a matter of fact, the same dynamic is still playing out in our black colleges and schools right now. The same, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bent they put to it. Uh, uh, Dr. Carr, you mentioned John Henry Clark, who's a Pan-Africanist, uh, uh, a scholar and writer and thinker. Uh, and, and basically, and I know if you're familiar with him, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you a question about your books I haven't read anything. Uh, does your book, uh, uh, as far as the pulpit, does it, does it, uh, uh, you know, tell them that they need to more do more preaching or teaching? Should the pastor be doing more teaching? This is the era where Pisces is closing, and an age of enlightenment, Aquarius is coming in. Churches are going to have to transcend to another level to become somewhat temples of enlightenment. It was Dr. Clark whose voice I first heard 15 years before my book published. I heard him say that history is a clock that people use to tell their political and cultural time of day. He went on to say history is a compass where people use to find themselves on the map of human geography. He said history tells of people where they've been, what they've been, Mm -hmm what they've done, Mm -hmm. and where they still Mm -hmm. must go, and what they still Mm -hmm. must be. And he said, most importantly, the relationship of history to a people is the same as the relationship between a mother and her child. And when I heard Mm -hmm. those words, Mm -hmm. something happened. And about 15 years later, we have Resurrecting the Black Mind, and Dr. John Henry Clark uh, was the seed that was planted in me that night, uh, when I heard him speak, uh, a great and mighty walk. So his his work, Diop, Vance Erdema, it's really a compilation of what I learned from these men that have found its way to the pages on my book. Well, tell me your title again, uh, Dr. Carter. Resurrecting the Black Mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And most people ask me, where do I get it? And I, I'll go run off a spill of various outlets, and you can get it from odellcar.com, O-D-E-L-L-C-A-R-R.com, Barnes & Noble, mm-hmm. Westbow Press, which is my publisher, Amazon.com. Those are some uh, outlets that you can access the material uh, on. And I'm so excited to be mm-hmm talking among this group because uh, as a former educator, as a pastor, and as a person who I feel has the necessary courage to preach and to teach uh, what has happened to us over time using the same Bible that the Europeans used to constrict us, we I use it as a tool of liberation for our people. I've learned how to make the transition over, and that's what I do in my church on Sunday mornings. And anyone who's ever been there, if you talk to any members of the church who are there, they'll tell you he talks about uh, black stuff all the time because that's where Mm -hmm. we need to be. So, yes, uh, to respond directly, Mm -hmm. there must be more teaching. There must be. 
more let me ask you well, let me, that's right because the, it, 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 because the preaching but, but, is on but, but, Sunday morning for a, a few minutes and on Sunday night for those that go back on Sunday night, but the teaching goes on all the rest of the part of the week, right? That's correct. <laughs> uh, well, you know, and, and yeah, and, and, and we've got to understand that there's a lot of uh, black history or African history in the Bible that's yes, never sir. talked about. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. And I mean, some of the major players, the minor yeah. major prophets, that kind of stuff. But what I want to say is this. What what is our thinking in terms of establishing some kind of core group, some kind of conference where we can talk about uh, how are we going to get this out to our young people? I think that's great. I think that conference that you're talking about, uh, Dr. Smith, is amazing because that conference can include people all across the nation. Now, because obviously we all are, the one thing that I say about people all the time, we're no differently in Arkansas as we are in Texas or as we are in Africa. People are basically right. the same. Yes, we have different cultures and we experience to have different experiences, but at the end of the day, we want great, great education for ourselves and right. our, our children. We want good yep. economic growth. We want great health care. I mean, just go right on down the line. We all want the same things out of life, good, be able to, to worship uh, in spirit and in truth. I mean, we all basically want the same thing, don't we? And it doesn't matter where we live. Right. We are, so we can put that conference together. Go ahead, Ms. Smart. Go ahead. Oh no, I, I was I, I was just uh, agreeing 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 with you. I think that's a really really great idea. The conference idea, putting that together, would be a yeah. really really great idea to kind of and open the, up the we, minds of this people. Group, yeah, this group right here can put that conference together. So I, I I think we're we're getting somewhere, and because because both of you all have and all all of you all I should say have just opened up the minds again. Because it's so important. And after being down at the legislative session last week, and then the, the governor comes to our city, and, and the, it's packed at this one of the wealthiest uh, private schools, and all of our private schools here in Tyler are wealthy. And so yeah, it was yeah. jam-packed. If I tell you that gymnasium was jam- or auditorium, whatever that – was jam-packed, but guess what? There were four people in there. There's three people in there that look like me. Wow. And four people in there of all of us. Otherwise, it was jam-packed with people. We have got to impart upon our people how important yes. it is for them to get out and be involved in their community and know what yes. is going on around them. Yes. Dr. Dr. Carter, you- comment. Dr. Carter. Ma'am. Comments, please. The I wrote the book for that very reason. And okay. if, in fact, you uh, would obtain it, I wrote this book uh, with two separate uh, connections in my dedications. The first part of my dedication was to my mother, who created, you know, what in me, 
uh, turned out to be this book. And secondly, I wrote it to what I call the beautiful ones, whose faces, no doubt, I'll never see. But I know that among them will rise up those who will take the baton and run and reach the finish line so that black African people can find their footprint all over again on the map of human history and geography. So that what you just presented is really the reason why I wrote the book. I'm on my second yes, book, An Urgent Agenda for an Emerging New World, because of conversations just like this one. I'm gathering information, compiling notes, and moving into another book. And I have to, if you don't mind me to say, uh, the one of the prevailing chapters in my second book is entitled The Truth Matter to Black People in the 21st Century. That means we need conference gatherings. We need information. We need to get this together. And I think that this core group, from what I'm feeling, from what I'm ascertaining and, and feeling, I think we have the root of something that can be global. Absolutely. Is that a question? Okay. Absolutely. Got a question. Well, you, you, you know what? Yep. I, I, I'd like to say something, if I may. Okay. Dr. Smith, we've got, we we got churches in every city. Plenty Why would it be too much to say that a goal for the conference could be to make every church a freedom school or a school for resurrecting the mind uh, and and talk about what areas would be best to try and pull from and where could we have the first conference? Oh, the first, I suggest that we have the first conference in Tyler, Texas. <laughs> I, 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 I proudly, I, I, I have a lot of uh, school in Tyler, Texas. And well, you know, I know I you own we it. Make, <laughs> well, no, no, I'm just saying. Yeah, I know you own saying, it. I, I, know, I, I, I think, I, and, and I'm going to tell you, the reason why I'm saying this is because East Texas, is is an up and coming and growing. For those of that you don't know, and, right. and Dr. Smith now knows, but uh, Dr. Carter, you may not know, but we have a medical school that's being erected right now in Tyler, mm-hmm. Texas. I, I actually serve on the hospital foundation board, which the medical school is, and and the University of Texas system and the hospitals and all 60 clinics and doctor's offices all are under the auspices of that that particular hospital foundation board. We have a African-American who is the president uh, of uh, of that uh, organization, Mm -hmm. and he is a very, very powerful person in East Texas. And so that's why I say uh, that, that East Texas would be a good place for us to begin uh, because we're, we're, sent, we're not that far from Arkansas. We're right here in Dallas, Texas. But, but the other thing that I wanted to make mention of and ask is who all, and I think, I, I know Mr. Arthur has attended before, but we have something that takes place every third week 
in September every year, and that's called the Congressional Black Caucus. And that's yeah. and, and because it's really important to us to reach out to our black elected officials. And oh. and so and also we formed an organization here in East Texas of the media because what I said to the media and Mr. Arthur is part of the media, we're part of the media, is that we don't always want to hear the negative things that black people are doing or people of color are doing, who killed who, who sold what drugs. Let's hear hear about the positive things that black folk are doing. And so from that point, we formed an organization uh, of uh, black media so that we can, we're working on trying to purchase our own and start our own black and, and maybe I sh- maybe I shouldn't there's people listening so you don't always share everything but just know that we're working uh, to to be yeah. our media in East Texas. pending Trump indictment in Manhattan. I'm sorry about that. Uh, hey, hey, can I ask okay. some questions? Go, go ahead. Uh, Hey, uh, yeah, uh, pertaining to your book, and, and, and again, I, I like the idea about coming together and, and trying to, uh, you know, accentuate some things. Uh, yeah. Now, because you're a preacher, there's a preacher question. Uh, cause, cause, and, and, and you're familiar with John Henry Clark's to this. Yeah. Have you, once you had your enlightenment, uh, did you start to teach people a different way to pray? Because I see the way that we were. Uh, the way the way we were taught to pray, because I, I was raised in Baptist and uh, uh, Pentecost church, the way we yeah. were taught to pray, we were you know, on our knees begging. And, <laughs> and, and, mm. now, and now that I'm I come to understand that that ain't the way you that ain't the way you pray to get something. <laughs> you know, right. somehow, begging too much, you ain't worthy. Well, you know? well, we, we, well were but, taught, but, we were taught we were we were taught that you didn't have to be on your knees. You could be sitting in your car riding along the way and pray. Or you can be uh, wake up in the middle of the night and pray, so you don't have to be in a certain position in order to pray. I'm just saying that you know, like there are different ways to pray. Prayer has power, and I think we all agree with that. Mm -hmm. Power, and the way you pray has power. So you can't pray any kind. You can't pray any kind of way. You know, and that's all I'm saying. And I'm saying that, and I'm sure Dr. Carter knows what I'm talking about. You can't pray any kind of way. There is a Absolutely. way to pray, okay? Right. And that's all I'm saying. So, you know. But anyway, uh, so how do you address that within your, uh, 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 you know, profession? I, I address it in two ways. I say uh, flatly uh, and unapologetically, uh, based on the work of Dr. Clark, uh, that prayer is a state of consciousness, not a positional uh, on your knees That's begging right. for right. the power of exactly. uh, Dr. Right. Clark indicated in one of his lectures that when it comes to prayer, the African personality knew that God was an, in everything and that God was in the water. If you wanted to pray, mm-hmm. you could pray to the breeze blowing in the trees because God is a part of everything. And so based on what I've learned from these giants, I have uh, now developed the grit, if you will, to stand in the pulpit and teach these things to our people, knowing that the great majority of them do not know 
what I also didn't know up till around 15 years ago. So I really right. have a, mm-hmm. a passion for making sure that my sermonizing has a more of a teaching element than a right. hoopology lesson uh, because I think yeah. we got to get away from the uh, entertainment aspect of who we are as preachers and become more Amen. like Christ, who is really known as a teacher. You yeah. known yeah. as well, a teacher. Because, because, yeah. because here, I'm glad you brought that up, Dr. Carter, because if God, if God uh, wanted us to have an uh, to be entertained, he would have sent us an entertainer. But he didn't Absolutely. send us an entertainer. He sent us Absolutely. his son. And so, and then we have to know also that I I should be able to pray for myself. I mean, it's great for me to ask my brothers and my sisters uh, to pray for me on specific things, but I got to know to whom I'm speaking to, and that I'm that I'm connected to him, that he can hear my voice, and 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 he already knows what we need even before we ask. But what Absolutely. we got to do is go with yeah. sincerity. And asking for forgiveness and asking for those things that mm-hmm. that but 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 importantly for us to thank him. My husband, who's a re- retired theologian as well, and he he'll begin prayers by saying, "Sometimes I I just came to say thank you. I'm not asking for anything, Father. Yeah. You've given me everything I need and a lot of what I even want. But I'm just saying, I yeah. want to thank you." Well, I want to I want I want to say this about that prayer thing. Uh, I want to say this about it uh, from from my point of view. Most of us have not. We don't recognize that when we pray, there's a specific thing that you are doing, and that is you are reporting. For duty, as mm-hmm. a soldier would report for duty to a general. You're mm-hmm. reporting for duty. God in your prayer it is re- recipient on his side and yours because he's got something for you to do. <laughs> and that's what we have missed. It's not just him giving us, us giving him. Absolutely. And we miss that. Absolutely. And what we got to do is understand, when I'm on my knees, I want to know, God, what would you have me to do? That's it. Where would you have me to go? You see? That's it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why the teaching part is important. So important. We've got to get involved in more teaching, Bible studies, uh, that's biblical it. That's it. Yeah, Not you know, it. we're not doing we it. <laughs> sorry, uh, Dr. McNella? Yes, ma'am. Go right I'm, ahead. I'm so sorry. Would you please permit me? We're about to have a, a devotion with the children so we can send them to bed. Please oh, permit sure. me to Okay. Please. It was a pleasure Wonderful. to have you on with us tonight. I know that. See, she's got school children. So, so gotcha. we've we've outgrown that part. Ah. <laughs> we, 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 well, we have great talking to you. Like your children. Yes, it was a pleasure. You can join us at any time. We're always right here on Monday night. Yes, it was an honor. I love yes. and appreciate you all so much. Thank you so much. I have gleaned. I have learned, and I am just blessed to be a part of this. Thank you so much. 
Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, thank we'll, you. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be talking soon on our plans for the future. Yeah. Thank you. Have oh, a good I'm, night. Yes, have a good definitely. night. Good night. Thank you. Okay. All right. Hey, let me ask you. All right. Good night. Dr. Carr, let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. Dr. Carr. Tell you think about the concept of we are all God having a human experience. <laughs> That's what life You know, I heard Oprah Winfrey well, say that about 25 yeah. years ago. And uh, mm-hmm. I embraced that uh, thoughtology, and I was smart enough then to know that she must have heard that or learned that from someone who was close enough to the God experience to explain that, yes, we are. We are spiritual beings in a human experience on an earthly journey for a divine and God purpose. And I believe when one finds themselves at the apex of that consciousness, that's when the game is really on. It was for me once I became aware of who he really is versus who I was told that he was. That's when Mm -hmm. the change, I'll say, the transformation in my mind, in my life began. Yes. So I embrace the idea. Well, we've already been told and studied in his word that we are made in his image. Yes, So if we're made in his image, what is that saying? (laughs) That's exactly what I'm saying. Well, but not only that, the other thing is, that we we must realize and and know that Christ lives within us. Yes, He does. Yes, Every sir. day you wake up. Yes, and sir. That, and and, well, he, and, and, and when we are, anyway. con- yeah, when we are connected like we should mm-hmm. be, then He's directed our path. Mm-hmm. So and, that's and why we talk about reporting for duty. Yes, sir. You but, know, I can't pass I, by somebody in need. And it doesn't touch me to stop and see what kind of assistance I can render. Absolutely. And I believe I said it this way. Uh, mm-hmm. God looked down and saw us one day, how we were, and he sent Jesus to come and get things in order mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. So we are doing the same thing. But I, when you say Oprah I I, I, I kind of felt a long time ago, Oprah wasn't really that concerned, and even <laughs> made the, she even said uh, she don't believe in forgiveness. Hmm. And when that wow. was said, I said, well, wait a minute, that's kind of the key mm-hmm. uh, for Christianity mm-hmm. and and oh, what yes. we do. Oh yeah, we all have to. Because we at one time, yeah. and see, she, yeah. got, she got that from Genesis, uh, Genesis one twenty seven is where where she got that from because it, it distinctly tells us that we made in God's image. Uh, but yeah. but the other side of that coin about the listen, how can we if we cannot forgive ourselves and forgive each other, how are we expecting God to forgive us if we can't forgive? Well, so we don't you know, forgive, right. We, 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 well, don't want to be we, we at one time we were all sinners until we uh, obeyed his gospel. Go ahead. That's right. Well, that's well you know, I was just going to say, uh, I believe God has said to us in a prayer of example how to pray. He said mm-hmm. that uh, I can't forgive you 
until you forgive those who've done something to you. That's it. That's it. So uh, forgive us as we forgive our debts. That's it. So that forgiving is the key. Yes, it is. And for her to say, I I don't believe in forgiving, but that left me out. Yeah, that's craziness. I hope we ain't going to do, hey, Sherry, I hope we ain't going to just start discussing, because I don't know if Oprah said that or not. So I don't I don't want to. No, I, I, li- I, I, heard, I heard her when she said it. I'm not telling well, you what I heard. I I'm just saying. Yeah, she I'm was saying, defending not having but, to believe in God. Well, yeah, what I was talking about, you know, you have nothing to do with Oprah. What, what, I, you know, what I'm saying is... Oh, no, I, was just, made, I just made that comment. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it makes a difference how you pray. And, like, all those dynamics that you're talking about, Dr. Smith, on dynamics, uh, uh, it, it, you know, it, churches are uh, misappropriating uh, the information and people not getting Very it. Much. And they just, they stand confused and afraid. That's why, may I please inject this? That's why people mm-hmm. have to study for themselves. Okay. The scripture tells us go. that we have to study to show ourselves approved, workmen that needed not. In other words, we got to learn how to rightly divide the truth. I can't depend on my go. husband, and I can't depend upon Dr. Garter, even though that's great that these are theologians, and even Dr. Dr. Smith, they're great theologians but I got to study for myself as well because that's what that's you that's may that's be telling me may not be in that scripture. It may not be there. So I got to study mm-hmm. for myself, and that's what I do. Well, but, and, and the other thing, Dr. McKellar, you're saying it right, yes, but the other thing is we got to remember the Bible was not written in the English language. Yes, sir. True. The New Testament in the Bible was written in Greek. That's and you're true. not going to get That's an true. accurate understanding, interpretation of it until you dove into the Greek a little. In the Old mm-hmm. Testament, mm-hmm. it was written in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Well, how are you going right. to get, yep. you, you're trying to make those words fit English. Lost these scrolls, all there. Lost these scrolls, all, all the information wasn't there. All the all, all yeah, books wasn't see? there. So that's what I'm so, saying. Well, well, but, but, but what I say in regards to that, that there's enough there because people say that, you know, there's some lost books, whatever. Well, I, I think about oh, this. Oh, yeah. It, 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 like, well, just even from the time that we've been talking tonight, it, we, there's no way we can put everything. Jesus put, spent 33 years on earth. Do you think that he can put 33 years in one book? We wouldn't be able to carry the book around. But he put enough in there for us to follow that we can save yeah. our souls and ended up seeing him no, one day. No, no, the Greeks, no, the Greeks after they got it from, uh, you know, the Kushites, and you know, they put it in there where you before we're looking at it now from that perspective. So we, I mean, we got to look. Yeah. The apostles, the apostles are yeah. the ones who followed him and wrote the Bible and wrote the yes, words down yes. that he that he yeah. wanted us to, to follow. And if you don't understand that. You're not getting an accurate understanding. That's right. That's why we and got that's, to that's what's happening that. with us. We that's why, uh, you know, uh, God said, "How can they hear?" But I preach unless they have a preacher. And I, how can yeah. he preach unless I send him? 
Mm-hmm. And what's in a lot of our <laughs> churches today, God hasn't filled them. Mm-hmm. Well, they well, don't want to study. Know. You got to know what you don't know. You got to know yeah. what you don't know. I know what I, I like don't that. know. I like I that. Gotta, I don't have to know everything. I, I know that much. So you I think just that's how you can't that's know everything. Right. Yeah, can't know everything. Yeah. So uh, basically what you oh, do oh, with okay. anything. Can I, can I play this? Can I play this for you, you gentlemen? I'm gonna let's see. I'm gonna. I, I have a video right here of Oprah Winfrey, and I hope that uh, I, I may not be as good at this as Miss Rihanna is, but um, and my internet service is not that great here in East Texas. But I'm trying to open that because it's talking about who that person is. What Dr. Smith was saying. Okay, I can't. I can't even connect. It didn't even allow me to connect. But I can tell mm-hmm. you what it did say. It says the one person Oprah could not forgive, and that was in June 28, 2020. That's right. And but I tried. I tried to play it, and it won't play. So well, that's the devil. I can pull it. Satan <laughs> they, they don't want that to, to be out there. But the, I, I I remember well, it, when I'm, she I'm said it. I'm going to put it. it on my computer and see, see, see if I can pull it up on mm. my on my computer. But you gentlemen keep talking. Uh, go ahead. We go to you, Doctor Carter. <laughs> well, I'm uh any time, I'm, any intrigued, I'm intrigued uh, about uh, the discussion uh, as it has been uh, framed, and we, uh, you know, the brother who is talking about the Kushites and the Making, making mm-hmm. mention of Dr. John Henry Clark. I mean, that's over here in Arkansas where I come from. They say that's right up my alley. So that is my world. That is my discipline. That is my place of interest. And when we get off this call, uh, I never met you. You've not met me, but I certainly do want to have a chat with you because I can glean from what you're saying already tonight that uh, you're rich in what I think needs to come across the book boards in the African-American church here in the 21st century if we, in fact, are going to retain uh, our understanding of God and if we're going to regain our historical footing by way of the information about him because y'all are so right. The Greeks, you know, uh, the Greeks were there, but the Greeks were followed by the Romans, and the Greeks were preceded were preceded mm-hmm. by the, the the Cushites and the, the and the people of Phoenicia and the the black <laughs> priests across the Mediterranean Sea in the place they call Kim. So when we talk about the biblical formation of the pages and the words, it goes back to our own ancestors and it evolved, yeah. if you will, into the King James era. And so here we are in 2023 discussing it, and I think these kind of discussions are so healthy because it's going to drive us back historically to where this thing started from. And I believe when we do that, we'll better understand why John the Revelator published what he did about the image that was seen on Patmos Island with the woolly hair and the Feet that look like brazen uh, brass mm-hmm. and so forth and so on. There so you go. My, my thing is let's go back to where it started and come forward and get get lay aside our indoctrination 
and collect ourselves with our real and true education. And then afterwards, she would say, you better wipe that pout off of your face. 
you better put a smile on your face. So you'd have to now act as though the beating that you just had didn't happen. I realized that that pain of not being able to express the emotion, that would be a huge pain body that I would end up carrying. When I was separated from my grandmother and sent to live with my mother at six years old, I suddenly land in a place that's completely foreign to me. I don't know anybody. I don't really even know my mother. I walked into that space feeling completely alone and abandoned with no explanation of why I was being sent away. I remember the first night entering into that house and being told that I wouldn't be able to sleep with my mother and I wouldn't be able to sleep uh, inside the house. But there was a little foyer porch before you actually got inside the house. And I was put outside to, to sleep there. I later realized it because it was the color of my skin. And my mother was boarding with this very light skin, uh, black woman who could have passed for white. And she just, I could tell instantly when I walked in the room that she didn't like me. It was because of the color of my skin. I don't know how. I'll stop it right there, guys. But yeah. That's yeah. the nucleus of why mm-hmm. Oprah said she could never forgive her own That's mother right. and what in which she was. And this person's trauma, yeah, this person's trauma and pain, you know, you can't judge that. Yes, you it is. Judge. You can't judge well, that. Well, we're not judging. The Bible tells us not to judge you, not that you be not judged. So we're not, I don't think, I don't think Dr. Smith was really judging her. I just, he was putting out there that she had said she could never forgive. Uh, yeah, but in that 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 person, but I mean, that I'm, if she's mother. saying it, you don't have anything else to do but accept what she says, and you got to go by that. You can't change it yeah, to make it something is. else. And that's her personal business. She says it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's her and personal business. So that's what I'm saying. Until I mean, she, she understands. Time, but she's a full-fledged adult business. now. Yeah. And that now goes she's back got to understand that better. That. No, she ain't got understand. what I was about to say. Yes, she does. Because, and that's, we're going to oh, take yeah. it back to where we, where we started at the beginning. And, and right. that is that, that she needed to get the help, help that she Which needs, makes, even right now, even as an adult. You can still, it's never too late to get help. But it's you never too late to get help. It. But you can't make her do it, though, is, is all I'm saying. You can't make oh, her do it. No, you that. can't That's make her. She saying. has we're the not, Yeah, we're not saying anything about making it. We're, we're talking about what what it's should have happened so that she it's could be healed from that pain that she experienced as a child. Mm-hmm. I'm just her pain. Well, but the thing is, God says this in his word. He said, out of all you're getting, get a good understanding. She needs mm-hmm. a better understanding. Somebody needs to come forward. Maybe you need I, to call her. Maybe I, I need to call her. You know what I'm saying? That's why we are here. To reach out to better. those who are in need. That says mm-hmm. that she is in need. We are all and who's going to be courageous enough to confront her? We are all in need. That's we right. All. And I think God said what? He said, I'll supply all, all your, your needs. needs. N- not right. some of them. That's not one or two. 
I don't see know. because I let me tell you what I have every need every need that I have I, it's being fulfilled. I don't need anything because God has fulfilled every need that I have, and I have a lot of things that I just want that I don't really need. But everything I need, mm-hmm. I have it because He already told us. Yeah. Me. But I, I, what's really important, and, and that's looking at Dr. Carter's book, looking at Miss Smart's book is how important it is for us to empower parents with the right education that they need so that no child has to endure what Oprah Winfrey endured. That is exactly right. Who has endured all of these pains and sufferings, like the one that Mr. Arthur started the show with. Yeah. Go ahead. But that's why the churches would be a good place for these schools. Right the church. church. Well, well, did we not, Dr. Carter knows this, did we not use our church? That's where everything took place for black people is through our churches. Have we not lost, we've lost that. We've we've really kind of lost that. And we need to get back to that. And that's why we're experiencing some things today because we've lost our way. We're standing on the shoulders of our ancestors who who did more with less, and we have so much more, and we do so much less in today in yeah, the 21st see. century. Would you agree? Well, Sherry, 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 I'll be clear. Yes, I have sir. not lost my way. I have not lost no, my what, way. What, I, what, now, I'm, see, you take, see, Mr. Arthur is taking everything personally. I'm talking about in generality of our of our culture and our black people. See, just because, just because, wait, wait, let me think, can I finish? May I finish? All I'm saying to you is that I'm looking at, because I see people and talk to people every single day, and so does Mr. Arthur, and so does everybody on here. So I'm looking at a whole entire race of people as a whole, not as just us here on this phone that ended up becoming educated and, and lived a very comfortable life. But I'm talking about my us as a full. whole of people. Go ahead. My glass is full. My glass is half full. I'm telling you, we win. <laughs> my, my, mine is too. See, see, my, see, mine see, is too. See. I believe in the go, go ahead, Dr. Carter. Oh, so stuff changes. Yeah, it looks crazy. It's just like what you're talking about, instant spots. But I'm telling you, we're heading in the right direction. Just stay focused. I, but I'm not, yeah. saying that I, not saying that either. I'm, I'm, I agree. But, but there's there's still plenty of work to be done, and there's not enough servants on the battlefield making this come to fruition. We need mm-hmm. more people working in right. order for us to get where we need to be. Go ahead. You, I just need you, Shirley. That's all I need. I just need you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we talk about the conference. That, I think that, that conference is outstanding. That conference is outstanding. That's outstanding. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. Well, listen, guys, it's 10 o'clock. As they say, All right, then. We, we hope it, well, this has been amazing. Have Dr. Carter, talking, you have any final, any final comments, Dr. Carter, from you? Let, let uh, thank me, you so much say, for being on with us tonight. Go ahead. Let me say that this has been a life-changing experience for me, and I'd be okay. so happy to 
join in this conversation at any future dates. I've learned so much, oh, and uh, I'm I'm really really impressed with the personalities I've heard from and the spirit that I felt from among the brothers and sisters tonight. Thank you for yes, having sir. me yes, be a part of this discussion. Well, you get you get to come back because Doctor. Uh, uh, Dr. Smith can tell you there's there's three other team members, Dr. Uh, Hagney, Dr. Richard Hagney, who is a retired pharmacist uh, okay. that worked with us on our COVID and organized an organization mm-hmm. so that so that health and and uh, wellness will disseminate throughout to our people. And then uh, Miss Rihanna, who is out of Kentucky, uh, that brings amazing wealth. To this organization, and then of course Pastor Michael Cooper, and he's running for uh, city council there in Beaumont, Texas. So he's really busy in campaigning right now. So he wasn't able to be. So next time you come on, hopefully all of the team members, and then Mr. Arthur, who's there in Dallas, Texas, are, are uh, and he's he's also prior military as well and as uh, educator there in the Dallas area. So we look forward Absolutely. to all meeting to get meeting very soon. Thank you so very much. God bless. All right. You me, Dr. You. Have a great rest of the week. And we'll we'll, we'll get the information, Dr. Carter from uh, from uh, Dr. Smith. Thank you. Have yeah. a good night, everybody. Thank you all. We'll see you next all right. week. So, Bye. All right. Bye. Have a good night. All right. Good night. Take care. We may have our theme song. I don't know. Otherwise, Miss Brianna may have fallen asleep on us. So otherwise, we say good night. <laughs> 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 all right. <laughs> One day, when the morning comes, it'll be ours. Oh, one day. Well, I guess that's it. Good night. All right. All right, y'all. Be careful and be safe. Okay. Good night, y'all. Uh, it should send me Dr. Carr's number, okay? And I gave a call. All right. All right. All right. Good night. Robin.